Coming up on Philosophy Talk. Where would America be without immigrants? I like to be in America. Okay, by me in America. Everything free in America. For a small fee in America. Are national borders artificial constructions of no ethical significance? Here you are free and you have pride. No, as you stay on your own Why are open borders good for products, but bad for labor? I start off as a farm worker picking cherries in Michigan and, you know, apples in Washington, Oregon. Our guest is Noe Lozano, Dean of Diversity Affairs at the Stanford School of Engineering. Recorded before a live audience in the College of the Sequoias in Visalia, California. Are national borders a good thing? What is a nation, anyway? Immigration and citizenship. Coming up on Philosophy Talk after the news. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. Our thinking originates at Philosopher's Corners on the Stanford campus. But we're on the road again. This time we've taken Philosophy Talk to Visalia, California, and the College of the Sequoias. Today's program is made possible by the Arts and Lectures program at the College of the Sequoias. We're very pleased to meet in person some of our listeners and fellow philosophers here in Visalia. Welcome, everyone, to Philosophy Talk. Our topic today is immigration. We're going to start by trying to raise some philosophical issues about immigration and also get some facts straight. Then we're going to look at exactly what borders are. What is a border such that people should be prevented from crossing it in order to get a job or improve their life? And then finally, we'll ask, what is a citizen anyway? What should citizenship mean? So, John, immigration is an interesting, important issue. It's a hot-button political issue. It's a divisive social issue. But really, what's this got to do with philosophy? What's philosophy got to say about immigration? Well, immigration, like a lot of issues, leads, when you push a little bit on the basic issues, to philosophical questions, in particular the question of justice. Why is it just that some people should have opportunities and other people born a few miles away shouldn't? So in that sense, it's very philosophical. Well, I guess you're right about that. When you, th- when you mention the word justice, my mind goes to John Rawls, the greatest 20th century political philosopher who wrote a really landmark book, The Theory of Justice. Uh, that's kind of my favorite theory of justice, or at least the only one I really know well. And Rawls says in his book, well, well justice is uh, basically what he calls fairness. And what's that? Y- you take a bunch of people, and they're going to make rules about how they should live together. Now, here's the thing. They're not going to make the rules to advantage or disadvantage this or that person because they don't know who they're going to be. They don't know what they're going to be doing in this society. It just says, we're going to have a society, we're all going to live in it, and let's make the rules to run the society. Well, let's be concrete here. Suppose we've got the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker. And the three, we've got the three guys who are going to have those jobs, but they don't know what they're going to do yet. We get them together and they say, you make the rules that affect the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker, and then later we'll tell you which one you get to be. And, of course, at that point, they'd probably say, well, let's treat them all the same. Except, except if by, I mean, the butcher, the baker, the candlestick, put a garbage man in there, too. Absolutely. Uh, the garbage man has the dirtiest job, right? Right. And maybe he should get paid a little bit more because nobody wants to be a garbage man because it's very onerous, right? So they'll say, don't treat anybody unequally unless by treating somebody a little unequally, 
we can make everybody better off. So we got the Rawlsian conception of justice. Treat everybody equally because that's what they would agree to if they were planning society without knowing what position they're going to end up in, except in some cases, everybody's better off if somebody gets a little more. And in that case, it's okay. Okay, so how does that help us think about immigration? I, I don't get it yet. All right, let me give you a concrete example. Let's go down to the beautiful Rio Grande Valley in Texas and Mexico. Two cousins, call them uh, Jack and Pedro, live on different sides of the Rio Grande River. Jack lives in Brownsville. If a job comes up in Omaha or Chicago or San Francisco, Jack can freely travel there and take the job. But Pedro can't. He lives on the other side in Matamoros. Now, they're being treated unequally. It doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem just. How does that work on your well, Rawlsian conception? Well, but John, you left out something. The Rio Grande River. That's a significant place. That's a national border, a boundary between the U.S. and Mexico. And the people on the USA, we have a political community, and we make rules, and they're fair, and they're just, and they're about how we to live together in our community. They're not about how Pedro lives over there. He makes his rules over there with his compatriots. We make our rules over there, and Pedro doesn't get to come into our house just because he wants to. Well, as, as a fine answer, given your initial assumptions, your beginning premise, as we say in philosophy, and that's that the relevant community is the United States, defined by its boundaries. But where did that come from? Why isn't the relevant community, the Rawlsian community, the community that should make the rules affect everyone, why isn't it North America? Or why isn't it the Rio Grande Valley? Those are both more natural units than the United States. And what we do here in the United States affects people in our neighboring countries, so why shouldn't they get a say? You're advocating a kind of view, it seems to me, uh, what people sometimes call cosmopolitanism. You know, we're kind of members of a, a global community, a wide community, you know, but national boundaries don't really make a morally significant difference. Uh, some people think, well, national boundaries really are morally significant. It's like, this is my house, that's your house, I get to say what goes on in my house, and I get to say who comes in and who doesn't come in. Well, we've, we've tried a bit to explain some of the basic philosophical conundrums at, at the bottom of immigration, but immigration is, after all, not just a philosophical problem, but a very practical one. Our roving philosophical reporter, Zoe Keneally, files this report. The city of Visalia lies in the heart of California's Central Valley. Fields of grapes, plums, peaches, and oranges stretch for countless miles in all directions, fields that are harvested almost exclusively by Latino immigrants. About 20 miles to the southeast, the unincorporated town of Plainview boasts one small convenience store and 398 squat pastel houses arranged in a grid along dusty dirt roads. Today, a group of evangelical Christians is paying a visit to see how they can help this impoverished community. In a small front yard under the shade of a tree, the residents have prepared watermelon and a cooler filled with water for their guests. The group gathers in a circle. Walter Contreras translates as Hiram Gomez makes an appeal to the visitors. I've lived here for 14 years. There's a lot of good, good people in this, in this town. Yeah, entonces, pero necesitamos un mejor um, sistema de vida. We, we need a better system of life in this area. Y es lo que estamos trabajando y queremos hacer. And that's why we are all working together to make it happen. 
Plainview is 99% Latino. Many of the residents are immigrants, and perhaps half of those are here illegally. Most people here work in the fields. Manuel Valle describes the grueling labor. This is for oranges, and you got to put this here. You got to climb the, the, the ladder up and down with this bag. And you carry this, this uh, 50 pounds all the way down when it's full. The residents complain of high rates of asthma and cancer from pesticides in the air and water. Gabriel Ramos Bravo works in the fields. The water um, had like oil on it. And like, you take it out and put it in a cup, it turns like in two hours, it turns green. Irma Arroyo helped arrange today's visit. She says the town has received letters from the health department telling them not to drink the water. So you need to buy the water bottles yeah, in, uh, in for your health. So. so everybody drinks bottled water right now? Uh, I hope so, but you know what happened? So when the people don't have money, so we drink the, the tap water. <laughs> so. The town is in the process of building a new well to provide clean drinking water. They're also creating activities for the youth, because as 23-year-old Ramos Bravo puts it, They're like, there's nothing uh, to do here. This town is too small. With little constructive to do besides work, some of the young people have turned to drugs and vandalism. Trying to counter that trend, adults have organized folk dancing classes. The children have painted a mural on the town's convenience store, and Hiram Gomez is trying to organize a soccer team, but he says it's been difficult. We've got to pay registration to the children. I want to ask the money for the children and the mothers. They, they can't give it. I don't ask much. Whatever God puts in your heart. The visiting Christian group agrees to help pay the fees. It's one small step towards improving life in Plainview. But the challenges continue. A freeze last winter destroyed tons of crops, leaving many people in this region without work or food. And increased immigration enforcement has created fear, as so many of the people here are undocumented. Still, they keep up hope. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Zoe Corneli. Want to hear more? You can find the complete episode on iTunes Music, or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.